It's like wild because we were having technical difficulties (laughs) and it was your mic and now my mic is broken. (laughs) What are the odds? Uh, Oh, I just hit the table. When did I get tall? I'm too tall for this. I raised my chair up and then I was like, so in our last picture, I was like, why am I so much taller than her? So I was like, I'm lowering my chair. (laughs) I just like to be able to fit it, like fit under the desk nicely. I just wanted to make sure you could see me above my computer. If you're watching on video, check out our new cups. Don't hold them too close together. (laughs) (laughs) My husband is the cutest. He is pretty adorable. We'll keep him. It's officially chapped lip season. Yeah, I put chapstick on on my way over here. And I just, like, keep chapstick everywhere. So I have, like, but they're always the pot ones. I've never gotten those ones. Okay, well... I get the... I'll hold on to your panties, because this is $30. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> I get the, like, well, I don't buy, three-pack like, for, like, $2. This isn't the only one I buy. This is the Tatcha lip mask, which I, like, wanted and wanted and wanted and waited, and I finally bought it. It's really good. Then they made one that's, like, red-tinted, which is just, like, I'm a red lip person, so... But then I have, like, so I have, like, one of these here, one in my car one at my desk at work and my purse and one of my coworkers always teases me about it he was literally the first person to say um that it was chap lip season and then he looked at me he's like do you have your lip balm ready now i need to download this so i can pull them up but i i have two in a tube since we're talking about this that i really like and it's the summer friday one and the road one but i bought the laneige one today because it came in a peppermint so how long does one of those last you then? Um, a while. Like, I've had that one probably for a year. See, I'm not like a responsible person, so I get the cheap ones because I will lose it after a week. Or anything, my daughter will like smush it all over her face. Anything in a tube I'll lose after a week, but in those it's just, like, I there's something about these containers that are like easier to keep, but. That's true. It's officially chaplet season and I hate it. I hate the cold. I want summer back already. No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been, Valencia, in the 12 hours it's been since (laughs) I've seen you last? Uh, Pretty good. We had a good day today. We took the kids to a trunk or treat, and they were so excited to be in their costumes. Aw. What are they again? Jack and Sally. Love it. So if you ask... Jack, he's, no, it's Jackson Skellington. Yeah. What a cutie. I think his nickname should have been Jax. He went by that for a while. Okay, so I could have swore I heard you call him that. Yeah. And so I called him Jax when we first started hanging out, and I kid you not, Ryan got so up in arms at me over it. And I was like, I'll call him where the fuck I want. Obviously, like, not, like, in an argument with Ryan and I, I'll do that. In an argument with you and I, I won't, but, you know. Like, we literally named your kid T-Dog, so I, <laughs> you can call him Jax if you want. This no. was pre this was while I was still pregnant, too. When Jack, you know, really started talking, uh, he picked that for a few months. He went by Jax, and it was really cute. He got every, he would correct, you know, he corrects everyone. It's not Jack, it's Jackson. He would correct people, but, like, it's Jax, so. That's funny. I, he's never once said that. Granted, I don't call him by, I don't call any of the kids by their name. They're yeah. all my love. Yeah. 
So I call all of them. And I remember the first time I said it to Jackson, he turned and gave me this look. Like, I don't know if I like that, but I'll but let he, it slide. He's the only one. You're the only one he's let it, he lets it slide with, though. Because I could be like, you're so cute. And he says, no, I'm Jackson. So not even his mom can call him cute or adorable or whatever. So I've, like, always done that. Like, always called my little siblings my love and, like, things like that. There's just something about it that's just so, I don't know. It's, like, different. Yeah, I love it's it. It's not sweetie or honey or... And it makes getting on to them so much more fun because you're just like, okay, listen, my love, we can't do yeah. that. And then they're like, wait, <laughs> are you mad at me or are you not mad at me? Because I'm not so sure. Now, Theodore, on the other hand, he sees everything as a challenge right now. He's sure testing his limits. And show Daniel that. Ugh. Um, He headbutted the corner of our bed. Oh my god, I love his face too. Yeah. Oh, he hits it. He goes, he like lets out a cry and then he stands up and goes, ow! And then he just like goes to play. That's good. He's like, that hurts. Like, maybe I won't do it again. So, no. around his age, when Jack was around his age, if he fell or whatever, we would all, all just start clapping, going, yay! And he would never cry. He would always just yeah. like, you know, he'd be distracted enough and he'd start clapping. And so that's how we, Charlotte was not that way. She's like, she would scream. We're always like, whoa. And so he was running around the library on Saturday. And every time he'd, he's getting too, like, going too fast, so he kept falling. And he kept falling and going, whoa. <laughs> and then, like, just right back into the next one. Love it. I can't stand it. I wish he wouldn't grow up. Yesterday, he, like, was raring and ready to go, really challenging us. And I was, like, telling Jill about it. And I was like, oh, by the way, he's just, like, was absolutely testing every boundary yesterday. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah. What it, we are gonna, we're going to start doing something where we review, like, a book or a podcast or, like, a topic each month. Just, like, kind of what we picked up this month and, yeah. like, something we have. So, what are you going to review today? I have a podcast I'm going to review, which is wild because I don't listen to podcasts. (laughs) I might be co-host of a podcast, but I don't really listen to them because I have to be able to, like, listen and focus. And in my house, it doesn't really happen. So what I did was, so I bought the kids some, like, wireless headphones for our trip that were, that's coming up. And so I just, I needed a break from the kids, but obviously I couldn't just leave the kids. So I put the headphones on, blared a podcast so I could still hear them if they were screaming. And just did my thing, and I, for like over an hour, I was just listening to different things, so. That reminds me of, like, whenever Theodore, like, whenever things got really challenging and Theodore was little and he would just be screaming, I would often go and sit on the front porch. Like, he'd be in a safe space. Yeah. I would just take a minute outside. Well, now when he cries, all I have to do is take him outside, and literally the second we step onto the porch, he stops. And Ryan's, like, not believed me, and the other day, he was just, like, in the worst mood. He was tired, but he was hungry. The hanger that yeah. boy possesses. <laughs> anyway, I literally take him out of the porch, and he immediately calms down. Outside time is great. Like, one of, the, like, two of the biggest tips I ever got was, like, if your kid is upset, they either need to go in the water or outside. Give him a bath or whatever, or take him outside. And that always works. See, usually. um, mine... <laughs> My, like, biggest tip, it was kind of, like, 
an old saying and explained to me, and it was like, they can't fall off the floor. And it was just like, it's okay to put them in a safe space yeah. and walk away. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was, they're like, if you're overwhelmed and you just need a break, just put them in their crib or put them wherever, in a safe space. You can leave for just a minute and then come back and start over. And if, yeah, because like, that's so while like a lot of people don't like to let babies cry too long or anything like that, it's better for them to be crying and safe mm-hmm. than like, because I don't think until you're in the moment, you don't realize how quickly things can become unsafe. Like, because even mm-hmm. even if you have like, it's not like oh, I'm gonna shake my baby, but like if you're flustered and trying to do anything, it gets really dangerous really fast when you're holding like such a tiny yeah. baby. Yeah, because they'll they'll arch or they'll you know they're just so fragile and anything could happen. Well, if you can't process thoughts, yeah. you're not gonna be able to react. Yep. So that was like I never had an issue just putting Theodore down if I needed yeah. it. And that was like, and sometimes that's just what they want too. Yeah, they just want to be left alone. There were a couple times he where was I'm like the holding Jack. <laughs> I just feel like holding Jack and screaming. I was like, I don't know what to do, so I'd lay him down, and he'd just be chill. Like he just wanted like a break from me, and I'm like, yeah. Theodore would cry until you put him down, and then cry if you act like you were about to pick him back up. Like when he was a baby, he really valued his. Even now, he just like values his me time, mm-hmm. which rude. Uh, I valued my me time before you came home. <laughs> now my me time is watching you have me done. <laughs> was like him. Oh, I don't think I saved it. Him drinking his milk uh, tonight. He just like literally went and like kicked back on the dog. Like he was just like, no. Oh, yeah, here we go. I did. This was Theodore's me time tonight. Aww. Is it? He tried to rip his penis off yesterday. <laughs> Well, maybe he has that. So. No, it's you like, he's like, oh, what is this? Samson hid out in the bedroom from this baby yesterday. He was not. Like, Theodore was. Too much for Samson. Too much that's, for that's Samson. Something. That's really saying something. <laughs> well, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I guess I can go first if you want. I'm You'll probably end up whatever. talking longer than me anyway, so. Rude. <laughs> it's not rude. You just think faster than I do. I literally have to read this because Wait, I can't think I actually that made notes. Oh, you have more notes than me. You. I love I that. think, maybe. I'm officially, yep, yeah, I'm, because it'll be in, I'm officially an iPad girl. Well, I had one. I bought an iPad Air, and I had one for the longest time. That's what I have, an Air, and I became one, too. And I knew I wanted... The iPad Pro. And I've waited, and I've waited, and I've waited, and I just, like, didn't want to spend the money on it, because it's kind of expensive. And Ryan, like, once, like, he likes to draw and stuff like that, so I finally caved. I went to Best Buy yesterday for an external hard drive. <laughs> and I had to get, when you go in there. I had to get a new case for my MacBook, which is so funny, because this MacBook's three years old. Um, and it's, I had like a pink case on it because I bought the pro and the pros didn't come in the rose gold. And I was like in my rose gold girly era. So I bought the pink case. Well, when I switched it to this one, it looks like an adult computer now. It does. (laughs) Um, but I needed a case for that and I needed the external hard drive. Well, I ended up getting the iPad, the MacBook case, the pencil, the iPad case, screen protector, and the external hard drive. So I send Valencia a picture or anything. I was like, oh, I picked up the external hard drive. It cost $1,500. She goes, all caps, what? And so then I sent her a picture of the side where she could, like, fully see everything I bought. I was like, oh. She was like, oh, okay. 
much better. Yeah, yeah <laughs> way like, better. That's crazy. I'm like, even I know that it shouldn't cost that much. <laughs> but then I was like, you're funny. Uh, see, she I doesn't just... ever give an indication that she's joking even after the fact. Like, haha, you know, it's literally serious all the way through. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> where's the joke at? <laughs> Whenever Bucky and I were getting to know each other, he used to just be like, I get really concerned because I don't know when you're joking or not. And that's my superpower. I don't want you to know. Anyway, are there times that you're unsure yourself if you're? Yeah, <laughs> like you ever like say something you know that's like underlying, like you feel serious about, but you're trying to like play it off and you joke. I actually just approach life like that. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, I know this is off topic, but on brand. On brand. <laughs> um, I go over. We Ryan, Theodore, and I go over to your guys's house for dinner on Saturday. Because we had great plans. We made a fun day plan <laughs> without checking the weather. So everything was outdoors on Saturday, oh so we had to cancel our whole plans. Yeah. We were going to spend the whole day together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we go over there, and I forgot what the boys were doing, but Ryan ends up walking up behind Alan. Or wait, was Alan walk? I can't remember. One of them they walked up. They were both up, standing. It was so weird. One of them walked up behind the other and like put their arms around him. Like to, I can't remember if they were doing something. Oh, it, Ryan walked up behind Alan and yeah. Alan's got this really big smile on his face. <laughs> like. Like not even how he gets with me. Like <laughs> anytime they're within like four feet of each other, they're both just smiling. They are, like love stricken teenagers together. So yeah. <laughs> but I was like. <laughs> We were mid-conversation. I just stopped. And I was like, is anyone else concerned by what we just went? We're just staring at them. And Alan's like, and Ryan's got his arms around Alan. And I'm like, you guys are so gay. I was like, there are children in the room right now. You guys need to separate. Have you ever seen Grace and Frankie? Uh, yeah. That's going to be us, isn't it? (laughs) You know what the premise of that is, right? No. For those of you who don't know, Valencia... Grace and Frankie is the show, and it starts out with, like, these couples have both been married for, like, 40 years. And then they're, like, friends. The wives don't actually get along. But come to find out, the husbands have been lovers the entire time, and they're leaving the wives. And now the wives move in together, and, like, it's a story of their friendship. They're going to Grace and Frankie us. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. It's, like, it's very, like, it's very, like, uh, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of Dharma and Greg, if you ever watched it, or Will and Grace. It has, like, that kind of style. Mm-hmm. It's a really good show, but that's what they, that's what happened. Well, I might be needing a new show anyway, so. <laughs> so I, I don't watch Friends. Watch show. We're over here like, oh. Let's take a moment for Matthew Perry real yes, quick. please, rest in peace. Okay, so okay. what podcast do you have? So, I hadn't listened to this one yet. I, like I said, I'm not a podcast listener usually. And so I kind of just like search a topic and then I pick one. Like I'll listen. I'm someone though that like, if their voice is not right, I can't listen to it. Like I just can't. And I also listen to them all on like 1.25, which blows people's <laughs> Including minds. our podcast. She's like, I don't know how you do that. Even Alan's like, you're not, like, if we're listening to it together, like, in the car or whatever. Number one, Alan's, if we're listening to it in the car, he shushes me if I'm trying to talk. I'm like, whatever. And, um, and he won't let me, like, he has to be on one. Like, he won't let me turn it up the speed. Am I the only one that listens to him that fast? That's not even I don't that even fast. listen to him that fast. Like I don't, yeah, I don't even, I don't even I don't speed know. mine up. 
I don't know why. Like, I can't listen to it if it's... It feels slow to me. I don't know. I can see why. <laughs> I've never tried to listen to it faster. I guess I should. Just I, give it I a shot. I promise. There is some you I have. like so many more. <laughs> well, I think that's just like it is like one I don't need to listen to more because I pretty much listen to podcast eight hours a day at work. I See, I think it's something to do with like that I, I don't even like to do yoga because it's like too slow. I don't yeah. know. I need to slow my life down over here. <laughs> so, okay. So it's called Cleaning Up the Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a cognitive neuroscientist, author, and mental health expert. I'm trying to remember what I typed in for the topic, but I can't remember. So <clears throat> the episode I listened to of hers is called Identifying Your Unwanted Emotional Baggage, which I have a lot of. And um, Is it Unwanted? Unwanted. I'm pretty sure. No, it's your emotional. Your personal oh. <laughs> emotional. Uh, yeah, there's a, a lot I don't need. I'm just, yeah. I'm a hoarder of all things physical and emotional. So in this episode, I, I don't, I did like a quick, uh, I read like the summary of it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Because she interviews two other hosts of another pod- podcast and they are members of what's called Wondermind which is like a mental fitness company founded by Selena Gomez which I'd never heard of though like I thought it sounded familiar but I, I definitely hadn't heard of it so I looked that up too so in this episode they talk about like ending bad habits identifying emotional baggage and creating new healthy habits which is kind of like where I'm at in life I'm just trying to like undo like not undo but like start new healthy habits because I'm just like stuck in this rut so after I listened to that episode because they basically just talk about all the stuff that they talk about in their um podcast which is called baggage drop so what I like about baggage drop is it's like 10-ish minute long episodes and I don't know what like I don't always feel like I can listen to I have to like listen to the episode completely through otherwise like if I get halfway and I get if I'm able to get back to it I have to start over because like my memory is crap right now so I'm like 10-ish minute episodes are perfect for me especially when I listen to them at 1.25 because it just goes by so <laughs> like what is that like an eight minute podcast <laughs> <laughs> um so they talk about like tools to approach your mental health like self-talk growth values goals And what's cool is, like, I think they're based out of, like, California because they'll go out and talk to people, like, I swear they said it was, like, on a pier or something like that. And they'll ask them, like, whatever the topic is, like, what their take on it is or, like, their goals. And it's actually kind of cool. And I I was listening to one and they asked this person something and they were just like, no, I don't want to talk to you. And I'm like, they left that in. It was so funny. Okay, so the things that stuck with me on this um, that I, like, thought to write down. They talk about how community is, like, a big place of, like, healing work. I know a lot of people that, like, when they're going through, like, hard times, they, like, shut down and they don't want to share. Like, they just try to get through by themselves. And I'm like, I'm not that way. I have to have, like, people. I can't be alone. Not for, like, bad reasons, but just, like, to be able to heal and stuff. I, I feel like I need, like... I think that comes to, like... The curation of your community, because there was a point where I like didn't feel like I had anyone to reach out to. Yeah. So, like, I think it comes to, like, especially when you're, like, younger, like, early 20s or, like, I feel like even a lot of people, like, all the way through their 20s, we just kind of forced ourselves into growing up, really getting married and having babies and stuff, but they don't really spend time curating that community because it's just, like, oh, well, these are the people I'm friends with and 
So then when it comes, like when hard things come, you don't always have that circle. So I wonder if that's where a lot of like that need to like do it by yourself comes from. Yeah. I also feel like as someone who needs that like community to get through things, like I feel like it's harder to be able to do things alone. Mm -hmm. And so there's like pros and cons to that too, because like I need to work on my independence also. Speaking of Planet Fitness, I think through tomorrow it's like 25 cents activation fee and then only the $10 a month. So that would be the time to join if you were going to join. Yeah. So Don's going to leave again. (laughs) Yeah, but if you end up doing that thing, they have them all over the... Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. I'm excited for that. Sorry, I know that's like very unrelated, but that's what made me think (laughs) of it. We'll tell you after. Okay. Um, so... Uh, the next thing is habit stacking. This is not something, this is still kind of new to me. I've heard it, but I've never it's really It's anatomic liked. habits. Yeah, and I'm like pressuring Alan to hurry up and read that book so I can read it. Just I'm... take my copy with okay, you. Okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> so habit stacking, which I actually looked up um, some like examples because I am awful at that. So habit stacking examples like if you're going to do one thing, do something else related to it right after, like with it. So, like, mine that I'm going to do is, like, when I, because I go into, the way my house is made, it's, like, a U, and so you got the living room, dining room, kitchen, laundry room, and so I'm, like, I go into the kitchen a lot. Obviously, you got to get the kids snacks and stuff, and the one thing I keep getting behind on is my laundry. So, I'm, like, anytime I go into the kitchen, I'm going to, like, have it stacked to, like, go into the laundry room and either switch the laundry, start the laundry, do whatever, and so hopefully that can help with that because I'm getting so stressed about my laundry another way like to have it stack is like doing something you need with something you want and mm-hmm. so this is kind of like where it came in like where Lauren Bostick why is there always a beer on his computer desk <laughs> I, I honestly, can pick that up tell is that just is there alcohol still in there is that empty I go into the shower and I find them like half full all the time because he'll like take he's like yeah shower beer is a thing I, I like how I'm making him sound like he has a drinking problem. But they're like, they're like, they're like Cokes. Like, where like people drink like two drinks of like Coke and leave him sitting, except he does it with these $8 okay. hard ciders. So I've never seen that before. And honestly, I just assumed it was one of those like water things. Liquid like, desks. Like yeah, something like similar it. to that. So I was just No, like, these are the Brick River hard ciders and they're amazing. And that one's peach flavored. They're like, a four pack is like $12. And, like, to buy them individually, we, and, like, we literally go up to Kansas City to buy them, or Jill, like, orders them in. And I find them, like, half drank all around the house. Like, they're a one dollar what? <laughs> so sorry. Um. <laughs> she just went on a whole... There's some, there's some stuff going I on. Just, I just, <laughs> I know in my head I'm going to go take a shower and there's going to be one in there now. <laughs> It's like he always like fills up a water like a cup all the way full to the brim with water at night. Like he was gonna drink it throughout the night, <laughs> and then he leaves it there. And then Theodore gets it, and I have to clean it up. Like every night we do this. I'm just anyway. Um... <laughs> do you want to just call him real quick? <laughs> kind of call him out. <laughs> He's playing Magic at a new shop though, and he already lost his first game, so we'll leave him alone. Um, that sounds like the best time. <laughs> well, I already like re- went off because he was like, "Oh, I was like, I'll I'll have to try your thing." Because I t- I explained to him the cord was broken, 
And I was like, I'll have to try your mic when I get it, but I need a new cord. And he goes, okay, well, let me know if it works. And if it doesn't, I'll get you a new cord tomorrow. That's how, that's why I was like so condescendingly explaining to him via voice message what was going on. Because I explained it via text and he didn't listen. You gotta add the tone in there. <laughs> well, no, what he did was he was like, oh, text, uh, skim, play the game, okay, bye. Oh. Um, but, uh... No, so that's kind of like where Lauren Bostic, one of her Havoc stacks, what? It's so cool you can just jump right back in. Like, we didn't go on a two-minute rant over here. Like, you could literally cut it out, and it's just going to be like, nothing I'm leaving it in there. (laughs) He'll listen to this three months after it comes out and hear it. Um, Anyway. Lauren Bostic, one of her habit stacks that I've taken on is she will only watch TikTok if she's on the Stairmaster. I don't do it on the Stairmaster, but if I'm, like, needing to do a long cardio session, like, at the gym, I'll do it. Here, because I have one of the, like, I'll, like, put it up at the bar, one of the treadmills I can put under something, Mm -hmm. and I'll, like, edit or I'll, like, work on my computer. But... One of the things I wanted to do this year was stay on top of always having my nails painted. Mm -hmm. And doing my nails themselves is, like, kind of a pain in the ass. I have to edit our podcast at least twice a week. Mm -hmm. And I usually have to do my nails about the same thing. So my habit stack is I do my nails when I edit our podcast. So that's something I have to do with something I want to do. I love that. I didn't even think about doing that that's like they do talk about you know they yeah, talk I can't about wait to read this book because alan keeps talking about it but he'll only give me like little segments and i'm like i need to know more so hurry up and read it <laughs> another side tangent i got that olive in june when we were grocery shopping it's one pretty. I was getting ready to say that, yeah it's really pretty. we spent friendship time grocery shopping together. Oh, <laughs> but i it literally it took me five minutes to do my nails that's how fast it dried oh nice like all the way through and i did it while theodore was playing and I didn't need to, like, I literally had enough time for this to dry before I had to, like, get hands off my child. So, would recommend Olive and Juice. I don't know how long it lasts, but it dries really fast. I have, like, a mom hack now that Charlotte, I can paint her nails now. And she knows that she can't touch anything until it dries. So, I'm like, I'll paint her nails if I need her to, like, leave me alone. And she'll be like, okay, no touching anything. And it's so cute. Oh, and she's baby. literally just like this and, like, oh, it's so cute. And then I see Alan Alan come in there and he'll like blow on her nails to help them dry. And that's just the sweetest thing. (sighs) Okay. I'm melting. All right. (sighs) Next is, okay. So they talk about, this is something I need to work on because they talk about having compassion and grace when you're developing a new habit. I am the, I don't know the word, but like unconsistency queen. I am not consistent whatsoever because... If I miss a day on something, I'll just, like, beat myself up about it. But I won't start it back because I'm like, you're just going to fail again. And so... This is what I talk about because you and I both have this problem. Like, I'm constantly saying the phrase, we have to give ourselves permission to fail. Because, yeah. like, I'm the worst about that. Yeah. Anyway. Failure breeds growth or whatever the... Yeah, you can't... Like, what is it? You can't grow if you never fail or... Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like bullshit, but here we are, failing left <laughs> and right, so. So, yeah. Um, one thing they were talking about, which I kind of want to like go back and listen again, I just wrote this down, but they talk about how you have to have a cycle of like 59 to 63 days to really implement a new habit, which is wild because I've only ever heard it takes 21 days to form a new habit. I'm like... So there is a section, Atomic Habits, you'll get to. It has nothing to do with the number of days. It's... How many t- So if you do it once a day and it takes 20 times to develop the habit, it takes 20 days. But if you do it 10 times a day, 
Oh. And it takes 20 times. It's about frequency of actually the habit itself, okay. not the days. So for you, with something like the laundry, if you're doing that five times a day and you need to do it 50 to 60 times, that's one week. All right. And that's kind of like the Atomic Habits talks about like how that time, like that kind of mindset isn't bad, but it actually has nothing to do with the time passing and just the freak, like or the reoccurrence of doing the habit. Okay, I like that. But I, I do think, I, I think like three day, three weeks to like kick a habit or form a habit. I think it's a great philosophy, but I think it's really easy to do something for three weeks. Yeah. So they're like, oh, well, I did it for three weeks, the habit now. But it's that fourth week that I would like you fail on kind of thing. So yeah. I think what they're probably saying here is that 59 to 63 days is the time it takes to develop a habit, fail, and stick to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I honestly, I just want to go back and listen to this whole episode again because I'm like, anyway. So, um, this is, so I <laughs> literally put ask Ashley for her thoughts. So, I don't know, the term like hustle culture, they talk about how it's not sustainable and it breeds burnout. Do you agree? Yeah. I do agree. That's what I'm learning right now. Uh, I think this is very, <laughs> I think this is very nuanced. Yeah. So, um, and it, ha- it's like, it's a more personal question than just like hustle culture breeds burnout because there are people who th- like Ryan is a great example. The second Ryan isn't facing like 10 extra challenges outside of his normal job function. He is bored. He's looking for other jobs. He's ready to quit. He thinks he's about to get fired. It like, so I think that's like a really good. Except for, like, Ryan's is, like, to, like, a mental disorder. Like, not a doctor. But, like, to an extreme of, like, he gets depressed when, like, not faced with these challenges. And it's something, like, we're constantly have to talk about. And I'm really similar, but if you thrive in the chaos of it, no, you're not going to get burnout. You get burnout sitting still. And so I think... hustle culture that we're trying to perpetuate on a society like something I struggle with because like I do have like an incredible like drive and like I'm someone who constantly I need to have 10 hours of work and an eight hour work day I need to have 60 like you know I'm like one of those people that has to have more work than I can like get done at a slow rate we're constantly being told like oh you have what I'm constantly being told you have what it takes to start your own business have you thought about starting your own business what about this what about that and I was told this by bosses and like people who were trying to help me with my career now to be where I'm at now which is like I know I talk about a lot but it's like privately held so I work with the owners day in and day out who have spotted that and instead of saying, you should start your own business, they're like, what can you do for this? What can you do for that? And that's like called entrepreneurship, which is where I'm, I personally believe I'm someone who wouldn't find success in starting my own business, but finding a home in someone else's business, I have all of these capabilities to make it grow like I were, you know, those kind of things. So I think that's where it becomes nuanced. It's like trying to force hustle culture and like everyone thinking they need to work and they need to do this and they need to do that is going to cause burnout. I mean, think about like how we feel after posting on social media. We hate posting on social media. Yeah. How fast do we get burnt out on that? But when we sit, I mean, this is like the fifth time we've been together in the last eight days doing podcast stuff. And we're not burnt out by that. Right. And it's like, I think that's where it's like so nuanced is like hustle culture. I think 
the way we try to perpetuate it on everyone is a burnout, like can be not sustainable. But I think if you're someone who that's like, that is your level of happiness. Like it's not being forced on you because I, I, I mean, I think, I, I don't think it, I, I just don't, I don't agree with that sentiment as like a blanket statement. Yeah. And I think like a really good example of this is like, Oh, and I'll have to look up the statistics exactly. Maybe we can post it with this episode. There's like a statistic that people, after they retire, a lot of people like, like their life, like quality of life decreases and like their lifespan decreases. Mm. So like there are people who quit working and then go insane and like suicide rates get really high after retirement and things like that. And obviously like correlation doesn't mean causation. There's other factors. But, like, my my boss that I was an assistant for, he wanted to retire early, but he's like, I can't retire to golf. I have to have something. I have to be doing something else. And so he had all these plans in place. Their casas, they started a church, they had these other things, so they weren't retiring to just be, like, without a plan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, such a clear example of, like, <clears throat> you're not burnt out. Like, you hustled your whole life and yeah. then it just stops. That's actually what happened to my grandpa because he was he drove a truck for a long time and he ended up needing like knee surgery or hip surgery he couldn't climb into the truck anymore so Mm -hmm. he had to retire way earlier than he planned and now he has like all these hobbies because he he can't sit still he does like ham radio and they just started building like a train set so cool they just showed it to us the other day and like with actual like little trains and like it was so cool to see he takes hobbies, like, I don't know how, he just takes them and goes, like, full swing with them. He's got little, a control board for all the different trains, and, like, the, anyway, so that, that makes me think of that. Like, he can't, yeah. my grandma retired, and she was like, I'm ready to sleep, but he was forced to retire, and he can't stop, yeah. so. But, yeah, I do agree that it, it cannot, it's, like, the, the overall broad statement of it's not sustainable is probably true more times than it's not but I do think it's a very nuanced conversation and I think we went from this big swing of like you have to be hustling 24-7 to now we're kind of coming back around to you're working too much you're doing too much and that's kind of bashing the other side of the argument so I think we have to be really careful with these generalized statements that require a deeper conversation yeah I definitely think if you're hustling in an environment you don't want to be in like you're not thriving that's when it's not sustainable but like they go on to talk about how, like, if you're, you might be stuck in a position of a job that you hate, and you'd rather be doing something, like, completely different. Like, say you're in, like, a corporate job, but you'd rather be, like, a baker. There's no, and you you might not be in a position to just, like, completely change that, but you can take two hours on a Saturday and do some baking and refine that skill and then and do more and more and more, and then you're in a better position to do that. You don't have to be stuck, and I actually really like that because the excuses of, I don't have enough time, I'm too busy, whatever are crap because you will make time for the things that are important to you my husband is literally gone 100 percent theme that it that is like the fundamental statement i make all the time you will make time for the things that are important to you my husband is literally gone 75 percent of the time usually right now it's like a mess but and i i was i was able to come over here like twice a week or at least once a week to record and like i do all this stuff and I used to not make the, it used to not be a priority for me, but like now things are so important to me that like even when he's gone and I don't have a lot of childcare, I found ways to make it work. And so there's a lot, you know, I was never one of those people like, 
a 20 minute drive is nothing to go see somebody that you want to see. It's an excuse that you're making if you're not willing to like drive that far. That's just an example, but like stuff like that. That is something I... Well, like, let's break it down, like, even smaller, right? I cannot tell you how many times I've talked about, like, going to the gym or reading or, like, any of these little things we do. Because to you and I, like, sitting down and reading 10 pages is tiny. Yeah. Doing a 45-minute workout's nothing. And he's, oh, I just don't have time for that. And, but it's like, how I don't watch TV every day, right? Which is fine. Like, if you do, if you don't, but, like... To me, reading is more important. To me, working out is more important. And I think a lot of people get caught in, like, they have this dream life, but they do absolutely nothing to achieve it. Yeah. And I think that's, like, definitely somewhere I've been. Like, I know what that's like to be like, oh, I wish I looked like that. Spends three more hours on my phone instead of going to the gym or reading a book or learning that. And... I definitely think one of the things that 75 hard really, really shows you, like you, you look at it and you look at all these tasks and you're like, I have a full-time job. We're starting a podcast. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Now I'm supposed to do an hour and a half of workouts, read, drink all this water, figure all of this out and still have time to like breathe. And then I, I, it was probably day 15 before I sat back and I was like, I have so much time in a day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's, like, so, like, now it's, you bake bread every week. And, like, it's nothing for you to say, oh, I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to start doing that. And I'm like, oh, well, it's nothing for me to consider going back to school. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that doesn't feel like too much on top of the podcast and the job and the mom because it's not. Right. Yeah, they talk about, like, um, recognizing your internal and external obstacles. Your internal obstacles, like your mental blocks of like, oh, I don't have the motivation or, or whatever. And like external, um, you know, I, I used to use this excuse, like my laundry room used to be my workout room, even though I have like three other rooms I could work out in, but like my laundry room's dirty and I don't want to clean it up. So I'm not going to work out where I just took the mat and put it in the living room under the carpet or the rug. And now all I got to do is move the rug to work out. I don't have to worry about cleaning a whole room. It's like stuff like that. Every single thing that I was like listening to them talk about were excuses. Yeah. And you just got to get past those. So. Yeah. There's like, there's validity in external blocks. I think childcare is when we both face a lot. Yeah. But over, like while that means it, it doesn't look like going to workout classes or going to the gym every day, it doesn't mean not working out. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't go for a walk or literally you came over and walked around my living room and dining room for 45 minutes. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've done, like, we've done things like that, um, or, like, another thing that I always think is really funny is, like, I'll read my book to Theodore, it says Bedtime Story. Theodore, I've read the entirety of Atomic Habits to Theodore when he was, like, four and five months old, because at that point, all they're learning is language, so it doesn't matter, and it's, it's, like, those kind of, like, differences of, like, realizing how easy it is to, like, swap out things. Yeah. That's all I've got. That's all you got? Yeah. Mine is? <laughs> all I got. But that was like so. I was I like, know. this is going to be over so quick. And then we're like, we're at like 40 minutes. I'm so. really glad because I'm really glad I was going to pick three episodes. I'm really glad I just stuck with the one. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a little. Well, hold on. First thing. I do have a question for yours. Is there anything that you didn't like or didn't agree with? Is there, like, any kind of, like, way they approach something that you didn't like or so, that kind of just, like, gave you the, uh? 
it was actually the way they talked about hustle culture was like full stop. Like they said that line, it was like full stop. Yeah. Like they, they weren't like, Oh, but this or this, like that was like, they just went on and on about how like, it can't be anything but that. I find that. At least that's what I took it as. I find that really strange. Like people who like, so obviously they have a podcast. They're part of like this big organization. You know, they probably work like 60, 70 hours a week. Mm Mm-hmm. I find it really strange when people who are so obviously, like, hustling to the max try to discourage people from hustling. Yeah. Is that just me? Like, you're like, it's like, I can literally see the thought on your face. You're like, I never realize, like, that's kind of what that comes off as. Um, and that could just be, like, a difference of, like... Maybe their definitions of what hustling is. Well, I think, like... You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure it was the host of this... of. I'm pretty sure it was the host of the pod, the first podcast I was listening that said that. So they might have... But she's still a doctor. Yeah. yeah. She's a doctor with a podcast, and she probably writes books on top of... Be- you can't tell me that's a 40-hour-a-week job. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, I think that's what's wild to me is, like, I think there's two kinds of successful people. The kind of people who are like, you can do this. Why can't you do this? And the other kind of people are like, I'm great. You can't do what I did. And I think there's like something. And I think that has like a little bit to do with the media we consume. Because I consume a lot of like very in-your-face media. Like Michael Bostick of The Skinny Confidential. Tally that up. Is very like, he's very black and white with like, you either do what it takes. Even if that means working 80 hours a week. Or like... Lauren constantly says, she's like, if you're, if you're in the position to do it, you need to get a restaurant gig or customer service gig where you're not working through the day and you need to do what you love through the day and then make your money at night. Like those kind of things. They're very in your face. Or like, uh, I listen to Real AF with Andy Versella all the time. And if anyone's listened to anything he said, he sugarcoats nothing. And so like to, to a lot of the media I consume, the people are very much like, you're either going to do what it takes or you're not. And the only person you have to blame is you. And so like, that's such a difference of that. So that could be kind of where that realization that comes in for me is like, because I tend to listen to more in your face stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of in your face stuff, I picked a podcast as well. I picked an episode, but I kind of want to like go in depth about the whole podcast or not in depth, but. I picked The Vile Files, which is Nick Vile from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I get him all the time. I get his clips all the time. I like watching the clips on TikTok. I only, okay, I'll listen, if I really like the guest, I'll listen to the, like, uh, episodes where there's people on. Like, I listen to Savannah Chrisley's, but I consistently listen to the Ask Nick episodes, which is, like, a dating segment or dating advice segment. So, the one I'm going to specifically reference here. It's called The Man I Want to Marry Wants to Take a Break. That is not the story that even, like, made this hit my list. That's just the whole title. So it's, like, one thing I really love about the format of this is a lot of it is call in, but it's not, like, call in and leave a voicemail. It's call in, like, live. So he's talking and asking questions. So you get a lot of, like, questions that sometimes don't get answered with email or voicemail submissions. Um, He actually asks and stuff like that. But what really, really spoke to me about this episode was he kind of starts telling a story, and we've talked about this a little bit, where, like, it kind of leads into friendships of the opposite sex when you're in a couple. (laughs) Now, like, I kind of get a lot of shit because 
I constantly say, like, I don't have guy friends. My husband doesn't have girlfriends. One of the jokes that's always made around here is, like, I'm not Alan's friend. Like, and the argument I literally use is if Ryan and I were divorced and Val and I were to stop being friends, I'm not going to talk to Alan again because Alan and I, not friends. Same thing. You and Ryan, not friends. If Alan and Ryan were to never speak again and Ryan and I were to divorce, you would never talk to Ryan. Yeah, probably not. I have an ex-friend who totally would, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, like, I think that's, like, kind of it is, like, do I... uh, I do I enjoy Alan's company and things like that. I absolutely like love when he's around. I love when we do all of these things, but it's like I think I just got Alan's phone number like two months ago. <laughs> like and it was so we could play a prank on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but I've always kind of been this way of like I just when you're in a committed endless like I will say this is really gonna be heterosexual because I can't speak on like anything else. When you're in a committed relationship, like, I just don't think it's, like, I don't know if appropriate's the right word, but it's not realistic. And one thing I really like, it, like, one thing, not that I really like, but that came out in this episode, was he was talking about, yeah, you can have friendships, but maintaining long and deep, meaningful friendships of, with members of the opposite sex when you're in a committed heterosexual relationship is just not possible. It fades off at some point. And he talks about... Like, kind of how you have to work extra hard for these boundaries. You have to worry about when you're alone with them and all these things. And he was constantly saying, well, I have to do this that I don't, I wouldn't have to do with my guy friends. Mm -hmm. So it's like so much extra work to maintain this. And you have all these boundaries. You have to, you know, the boundaries of making sure there's nothing that could look inappropriate or, and that your partner is well aware. Because there's a certain level of, like, trust of, like, like, if Ryan were hanging out with you, Danielle, alone, that requires more trust from me than Ryan hanging out with Alan alone. I don't know. The way Alan and Ryan look at <laughs> each other. Like, oh, maybe Pick a different friend um, for anyway, this example. But, <laughs> but he kind of went another layer that I had never thought about. So how often when you're dating are things like, well, he said this to me, and so I don't know if he was hitting on me or if I'm just re- reading into it or, oh, and then, like, we were doing that, and he, like, put his hand on my lower back while we were looking at that, and was he flirting with me? Like, he, like you don't know what I'm talking about because you've been married to your high school sweetheart, but you know what I'm talking about, right, Danielle? So not only now do you have these, like, traditional layers, he's like, you have to worry that anything you, if that other person has feelings you don't know about, you have to worry that anything you do can be a mix, misinterpreted yeah. signal. And that's not any level I've ever talked about. That's interesting. But I really like how he was like, it's not, it has nothing to do, because I feel like a lot of people are really scared to say that. They're really scared to say, oh, that's like, they're just so scared they'll be controlling or this or that. I'm not, like, giving them ultimatums, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, a level of appropriateness. Um, and it's just, like, I don't have friendships. I have friendships with men. Like, I've ha- like, I have male friends, but they are nowhere near the level of friends like I am with you or with Maisie or with Danielle or those kind of things. Um, and, like, vice versa. And it has nothing to do with being controlling, but that was, like, such... I think an honest and refreshing take because I'm someone who's not scared to say that. 
And I feel like so many people are because they don't want to come across jealous or controlling. And the way that it was laid out in the podcast was just like so, like exactly how I felt being vocalized. So I really liked that. Overall, I really like to listen to it because one, he's got two girls that are usually on the podcast with him. He calls them the household. So I think one of them is single and one of them is like in a long-term relationship. So you have all these, and he's now engaged with a baby on the way. So you have all these like um, different takes with people at different points in their life. So that's really nice. He's also like very to the point. Um, so for example, on one today, she called in, she was dating a married man. No one. This girl's friend was not I her friend. I print off my red flag. Like, I so know. I can just wave it around. Well, her friend has a baby with this guy. Her friend is the one that set them up, but her friend also doesn't like her baby daddy's wife. So she, she's got a baby with him. I'm trying to connect all these dots real quick. Doesn't like his <laughs> wife. So she sets her friend up with them, and it's her friend calling in. Okay. So her one, that's not her friend. You know, yeah, I was you like, ditch that I was like, are they she's friends? using you to separate her baby daddy and his wife because he doesn't, she doesn't like his baby daddy's wife. So yeah. you need to stop there. But then it's just like, she was like, I don't know, like, you know, this obviously isn't right, but I don't know if I should end it. And it's, he was kind of like, what do you mean? You know, like, he's just so to the point of like, what do you mean? Of course you should end it. He's going to do the same thing to you. Like, why on earth would you? And so I really like how, again, I'm someone who, like, doesn't really find value in sugarcoating things. So that's where that comes from. Yeah, she's mean. <laughs> she's been mean to me once before, too. And she's like, once? I went too far, and I learned that with you. Because I, like, cried. <laughs> oh. Here we go. I've made you both cry. Uh, Supper times. Well, again, I think, like, it's less about what I say. Um, it reminds me of that Kim Cardet, like, that... That, the, no, the Courtney Kardashian sound, it's like, to me, to you, it's rude. Or to me, oh, yeah. so I won't make those I won't talk to you like that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, like, like, it's, no, it's not weird. about my message. I do, I lack a lot of care and deliverance. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, like... <laughs> I feel like we should I'm, do, like, that trending sound with you guys. I'm not. <laughs> yes. We should do yes! <laughs> It's like, I, it has nothing to do with the message being wrong. It's just, like, I do tend to, like, disregard your emotions because they just get in the way of the points. <laughs> well, you just, I feel like she's actually really good at considering that, the but point. there was, like, a thing that happened a couple of years ago, and I was, it was like, a okay. bubble guy that, like, I was, like, scaring myself out at, and, like, oh, yeah. and you're, like... Just like you should, like we shouldn't be on those if you're going to be available. To I think that's exactly like, what I said you're too. You're like you can't do that. That's not fair to this person. You're finding every red flag, which I do sometimes. So it, I think it was, it was you were, and I like sit one back crying. She's like, I went too far. <laughs> I think I said that like this conversation should have happened in person because <laughs> if you're gonna cry, at least I because like that's what happened. This Wait. one was not meant to be an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause that's it. Was very much like you were out looking. Um, but you weren't really looking, you know, you were, she was just entertaining people, but like, 
she was entertaining people who were seriously looking, yeah. and that's kind of what I said. I was like, oh. you, I was like, you're not being fair to them, but I didn't say it nicely like that at all. I think I I really think that's exactly how I said it. I was like, you should. Why are you even on these apps? Like, you're just wasting everyone's no, time or something like that. You were polite about how you said it, but it still just hurt my feelings. Yeah. Course, well, again, but like, you made a really good point that made me view something differently because, like, on Bumble, people can put like, I don't know what I'm looking for yet, and I like all that. Like, I was like, what do you mean you don't know what you're looking for? But you're like, you're doing the same thing by the way you're acting. You're not acting. And I'm like, that's a good point. So yeah. I changed it. Yes, that's what I don't know. Tears like, running down your face. Okay. <laughs> I did. I changed my mouth because I didn't view it that way until yeah. she pointed that out. So I still like, it made me look at things differently, but it did. It made me that, cry. It <laughs> doesn't, it, like, I think, I think a lot, like, especially you guys as friends, you're like, great. But I, I like taking information in, like, not sugarcoated because I'm the first to talk myself out of something. I'm the first to make excuses for something. So if information is sugarcoated to me, I'm going to listen to the sugarcoating instead of the actual message. And that's really why I like the way Nick Vile approaches relationships and the way Andy Frisella approaches politics. Do I agree with his political stances? I don't agree with anyone's 100%. Or the way Michael Bostick approaches business. And like, I need that level of quit making, quit fucking making excuses for yourself. And I think I, and like, I, that's how, that's why I give it off. It's like, I don't want you guys to find an excuse in whatever I say. Now, I know that that's no excuse for being an inconsiderate person. And I think that's like, obviously you're like, no, it was right. But, and, and like you, you think back to this conversation of, no, that was right. What you said is right. And I think back to this conversation of, I wasn't considerate in my approach and that's not okay. And I think that's like where, what is it? I'm just honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate people who use that as an excuse to yeah. just be a shitty person. And, like, I think that's, like, one of the things, like, I have to walk a fine line of. I'm not always perfect on. But I, like, always try to learn. So. Well, this podcast episode got really long. Because Ryan and his beer. <laughs> Do you have anything to add before we wrap up this one? Was that the episode you played a little clip of for me? That's what I was like. I was like, I've heard this. Yeah, we talked about it because it was like, we got on the subject that day of yeah. something. But uh, it, remind, it reminds me of when Ryan and I first started dating and he had this girl best friend. And I was like, I literally, yeah! I forgot about this. I literally, I kid you not, when Ryan and I were talking about dating, I said, I want to make one thing very clear. If you decide to pursue this with me, you're not her best friend. You would know her. Okay. I'll have to. I'll they have to. Pull. Together. Yeah, they worked together. But. Um. Anyway, since we'll kind of leave it there. Um. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you rate and review us. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Self Misguided Podcast. We can't wait for you to join us again because at the end of the day, aren't we all self misguided? I mean, I can't even stay unfocused looking at my husband's desk. So what do I know?